Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Mm-hmm. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every day from... Sunny Southern California. Welcome in. And we're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com is the way tire buying should be. So what do we make of what we saw last night? That, that's really kind of, it's not the end-all, be-all. The Chiefs will still be in the playoffs, still a very good chance they end up with the number one seed in the playoffs. The Eagles will quite obviously be in the playoffs, very good chance they'll end up with the number one seed in the playoffs. And there's a better chance than not that we'll see uh, one of, if not both of these teams in the national championship. I mean, in the national championship, in the, in the Super Bowl, in Vegas. So what do we make of yesterday? Um, it was, I thought, a competitive football game. And as much as we can, we will talk today and decry um, uh, how the NFL is slipping and the, the quality of play is not that good because Tom Brady says it's not that good. The fact is, last night was a high-level football game. But alarming in that, how do the Chiefs not have anyone to throw to? You know? And this was the choice they made with Tyreek Hill. They couldn't afford to keep Tyreek Hill. So they bid adieu to Tyreek Hill. And after bidding adieu to Tyreek Hill, there's no one who's been able to replace him. 
So they have a very average at best, probably below average wide receiving core with three super high price items. You got one of the best defensive linemen in the league. You have one of the best tight ends in the league and arguably the best quarterback in the league. And the defense is pretty good and the offensive line is pretty good. And the place where there's a hole is the wide receiving core. Fair? I think everybody's down their head. Yeah. And so I don't know if you think the salary cap is working or not working, but it sure feels like that's what this is. It's a casualty of the cap. You can't pay everybody. And no matter what you think of Pat Mahomes and his contract, where so many are saying, well, he's underpaid. He took a team friendly deal. Look, dude, it takes up, I think, 18% of their salary cap. That's a lot. So when you have money allocated and you pay Chris Jones, you pay. What's the difference in last night's game? I know A.J. Brown only had, he only had one catch. Is that right? But it, it's really kind of that simple. It's as simple as it is complex. You're like, what do you mean? I mean, just kind of look at the names there. You know, you have Devontae Smith, who was um, a first-round pick and a Heisman Trophy winner. Granted, he's not getting paid right now, but the Eagles, and some of this was, um, some of this was they had a couple of, dis- they had like a disappointing year or two. They were just okay. But they, and they drafted well, and they moved pieces around. But I mean, like, let's look what they got. Um, A.J. Brown only had one catch on four targets, and uh, Devontae Smith had eight catches, excuse me, six catches on eight targets. And and really, their quarterback, Jalen Hurts, I don't think he's an elite thrower. He's a winner and knows how to play, and they use him smartly, and he he's able to run the football just enough and play to the strengths of their defense. But if the difference in the game is just simply they have two pass catchers as opposed to one, Right, All things being equal, Bama Holmes is better than Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts had two guys that are threats more than one. Both have very good lines. You could make the case the Eagles' lines a little bit better. Eagles' defense a little bit better. This is the last year in which the Eagles are paying Jalen Hurts pennies on the dollar contractually as opposed to, again, based upon the salary cap as opposed to future years. I mean, again, we can make it about a bunch of other things. I think it's really that simple is can the Chiefs overcome the fact that they have, this is their worst wide receiving core they have had with Pat Mahomes. And last year's wasn't very good, and yet somehow they still won it. And they won it with some defense, with some guile, with, you know, a little bit of luck. I mean, Mahomes is awesome. That's my read on last night. That's the difference in teams. We don't have a super team. I mean, the closest thing to a super team is the Niners. And the Niners probably look at the Eagles and they're like, hey, uh, you know, your quarterback's not great, neither is ours, but our overall talent is probably better. And why is their talent overall better? Well, they just like the Eagles, just like the Eagles, aren't paying their quarterback anything. And unlike the Eagles, they had a season where they kind of bottomed out when Alec, when uh, Garoppolo got, the first year Garoppolo got there, and then the third year Garoppolo was there when he got hurt, and that's how they got Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel, right? So they have a little bit better talent than the Eagles. 
And they think they got good schemes, good plays, whatever. And then they traded for Christian McCaffrey and was the back end of a bad contract. Maybe I'm looking at it too simplistically in that it's players, not plays, but I really think that's what it is. Buyer, am I missing something? Is it, is it more complex than that? Well, I would argue, like when you mentioned the Chiefs, I would think that their receiving core may have actually been worse last year because Kadarius Toney was brought in midseason. Sky Moore was a rookie. Rasheed Rice wasn't there. They did have Juju Smith-Schuster, but that would have been like the only change, you know, for what Kansas City is from last year to this year. Plus, everyone's a year older. Um, in terms of Travis Kelsey talking about retirement and maybe you know getting his body banged up and taking trips to Argentina, we'll leave that on the side. Uh, although I think that is a topic, but. I just thought last night was, you thought it was a better football game than I did. Um, I thought the uh, imperfections of last night made it a really good football game where it wasn't just an offense going up and down the field. Um, there were struggles. Weather played a part in it. I don't think there's a huge a huge message to take from it, but I would say that the Chiefs were in a position to make a play as bad as it was, and they didn't make the play. So in that spot, players over everything else – is correct because it's not like this is foreign to Marquez Valdez Scantling. Unfortunately, people in Green Bay know it well, mm-hmm. and and dropping a pass like that for all of the warts that Kansas City has, the one trump card that they have is their quarterback can make plays that no one else can, and he put the ball right where it needed to be last night, and it was dropped. This is as good an answer as you're ever going to get. Here's here's Pat Mahomes on the drop after the game. They know I'm gonna keep firing it. That's just who I am. I'm gonna fire it uh, to the guy who's open. Usually they make the, they're gonna make the plays. I mean it's, it happens. I mean I threw an interception in the red zone on a, if I just fly and Jay wide off. Um, so uh, it wasn't that wasn't that didn't just lose the game. I mean there was a lot of stuff that happened throughout the game, and so uh, you just gotta keep firing. How much regret do you have with the fact that it didn't work out? You had to play. You had to look. Yeah, I mean, I have no regret. I mean, they triple team Travis, so I went to the guy that was that one downfield, and Marquez won. Um, dude just didn't didn't come away with the ball. I mean, I could probably throw a little bit shorter. He was that open. So, uh, yeah, you just got to continue to to try to get better and better. Um, defense is keeping us in games, and if we can find a way to just get a little bit better as an offense, we're going to win a lot of these games. Did Did you? Um, this is you brought up a great point that I I wanted to get to, and I probably forgot. Dampire. It's that you mentioned people in Green Bay know like this is Marcus Valdez-Scantling, like really talented, great speed, but I mean, he'll drop the ball. And it's one of those things that I hope people understand. Like guys that are free agents that are out uh, on the market, they're out there for a reason. You know, no one, now sometimes it's they just want too much money. That's very much it. But like, okay, Odell Beckham Jr., you know, how many times has he been hurt already this year? Why was he out in the market for so long? Because he's always hurt. There's other issues with him. He may not be the star he used to be. He's still a really good player, but he's always hurt, so he's on the market. Look at any one of these guys that have been free agents, and there's a reason. And Valdez Scantling's reason he was that Green Bay moved on from him was they just got frustrated over, like, no matter how much we develop you as a deep downfield threat and you're open, you just don't catch it enough. That's the secret to free agents is no one in the NFL is a free agent unless they, unless the team that, that has their rights wants to let them go. That's, that's the truth to it. 
I mean, there, there's some exceptions there where guys are just, you know, personality wise, or they just want way, way, way too much money. But generally, nobody gets away unless you want them to get away. Because the rules are in place where it's really, really hard uh, for a player to become a true free agent. So most times when you move on from a guy, it's because you're like, you know, he doesn't do this or he doesn't do that. I think that's the case with Green Bay. By the way, here's Andy Reid on the drops from the wide receivers. The number of drops that you referred to, but also it seemed like the number of plays where Patrick and the receiver just weren't quite on the same page. Are you surprised this late in the season after by that there's Yeah, I, I think they're on the same page. I just we were maybe off a tick, but they know the route they're running and how to run it and God knows where to go with it. We just we gotta do a better job of connecting on it. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's classic kind of coach speak. You know, Kel- Kelsey had a couple of drops last night. I mean, yeah. he did get into the end zone. Um, and I'm not trying to pile on, but when you're trying to find your rhythm and the Chiefs are historically, Andy Reid is historically great out of a bye. And, uh, I mean, like, I should have looked up the record, but I thought it was something, you know, like 17-3 or something coming off of a bye week. And to have the missteps that they had where they just didn't look sharp, uh, that was a bit surprising. Again, it's the Eagles, you know, best record in the NFL. They they probably had a part in it, but yeah, it was it was a little surprising. The fumble, you know, and I think when when Travis Kelsey fumbled, he knew exactly what was going to happen, and that was going to be the heat of. That's why you don't go to Argentina during a bye week. Is not of what may or may happen on your way to Argentina, but it's what happens when you get back. And if it's not right, then everybody blames you for going to Argentina. I think that's fair. Um, I think it's it's completely and totally fair that he, he knew what was coming, and and he didn't look great. He didn't look right. Now, part of it is he was getting double and triple teamed, but part of it is he didn't look right when he was single teamed. And you were ahead of that one. I still don't care. I don't care as long as you come back and play football. It doesn't matter to me. It was a Monday night game. You had extra time coming off the bye, you know, to be right. But yeah. it, but if you're not right, you're going to get criticism. He could, that's, have, that's he could have sat in his house for two weeks and then had this sort of performance and he would say to himself, I probably shouldn't sit in the house for two weeks uh, after, you know, doing that. That is not what I'm going to do. Sure. But nobody's going to criticize him for that. Uh, they are. He does open himself up for going to a different hemisphere. But it is for love, Doug. It is for for love. love. It's for love. It's for love and likes and likes. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. 
Juan Gabriel, Juan Gis, Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azúcar, Carol G, La Bichota, Cristina Aguilera, Extina, just to name a few. We're serving the whole story from rags to riches and all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. John McEnroe, Johnny Mac. The legend. We're going to talk some tennis. We're going to talk some pickle as well. That's right. I said this yesterday. It was, it was windy in Southern California yesterday. And uh, a buddy of mine was like, hey, you want to play pickleball? And I just got a new paddle. And um, I said, it's too windy to play pickle. Too windy for pickle. He's like, that sounds like a great album name, doesn't it? Too windy for pickle. Um, this is right in the wheelhouse of one Jason Stewart. Jason has been saying the NFL's actual game action sucks. It's a play below his uh, level of desire to watch. Here's Tom Brady on his on Stephen A's podcast. I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. I think the coaching isn't as as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. Mm -hmm. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. I think I look at a lot of players like Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and Ronnie Lott and guys that impacted the game in, in a certain way, and every hit they would have made would have been a penalty. Mm. Your coach is complaining about their own player being tackled and not necessarily, why don't they talk to their player about how to protect himself? We used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time. Now they're trying to be regulated all the time. Offensive players need to protect themselves. It's not up to a defensive player to protect the offensive player. A defensive player needs to protect himself. I didn't throw the ball to certain areas because I was afraid players were going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Wow. I didn't throw it to the middle when I played Ray Lewis because you knock him out of the game and I couldn't afford to lose a good player. So I, I guess here's my thing, Jason and Dan. Is he pushing back against the quality of play or against the rules and how he thinks they affect the quality of play? 
No, I think he, he mentioned the rules, and I think he's also referring to the rules that were agreed upon collectively by the union and the owners that they don't have to practice as as long or that the they don't have to do as uh, as much uh, required practices in the offseason. I think he's he's talking about the whole uh, the the macro level part of this, which is yeah, the rules in place that protect players on the field, the rules in place that also mandate that you don't have to practice as much and you're not coaching these guys as as harder or as longer as you once did. And like he says, the the details are being lost in the shuffle here. People are the, the the small things that everyone had coached and learned when he was coming up aren't being taught or grasped. I think the problem they're running into, I, I look, there's some reality to what he's saying. Um, but the reality is that we have so many people who have voices in the conversation whose Uh, opinion has nothing to do with the actual sport that there's we're to a place where if if you think there's a way to fix it by having people work more and harder and practice more i just it's our problem as a country really you know It, it just is we're not crazy efficient with our time we're not disciplined with our time and then lastly we want to give less time to our place of work, right? That's a real thing. We want to give less and less time to our place of work. So how do you fix that? Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious. You have to make guys have to practice more growing up, practice more in college, practice more in the pros, be taught better, but we devalue coaching. We devalue practice. And we make it out like there's something nefarious at work when guys need to practice longer. Byron, what do you hear when, when you hear what Tom Brady says? What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't think that any of you are are off. I also think, and I don't think Brady would address this, is that you also have a league that is so dependent upon one position, and that being quarterback. And and I think he's talking about the top of the league where there are no great teams right now. But I also think that this can come into play where we look at, you know, Cincinnati just lost Joe Burrow. They basically now have no shot to make any run or substantial noise in the postseason. And I think so much is put on the shoulders of, of the quarterback uh, in this league that at times now it is an all or nothing situation you either have it or you don't and that is the difference between whether you are are great or just like everyone else all right we'll, we'll uh, let's get back to this conversation a little bit later on the show it's a good one john McEnroe, iconic tennis great longtime commentator on the sport is going to join us uh, upcoming in moments first so let me get you to dan byron get an update on everything else going on dan what do you got pittsburgh steelers today fired offensive coordinator matt canada his tenure is over as mike tomlin said that it was his decision and his decision only to remove canada as the oc running backs coach eddie faulkner will become the team's offensive coordinator while quarterbacks coach mike sullivan will call the play on offense. ESPN cited data that it's the first coordinator or head coaching in-season change made by the Steelers since 1941. 
Packers running back Aaron Jones week-to-week with a sprained MCL in his knee. He's not likely to go against the Lions coming up on Thanksgiving Day. Patriots head coach Bill Belichick declined to name a starting quarterback as they face the Giants in Week 12. The Colts today released veteran linebacker Shaquille Leonard after six seasons. He's a three-time All-Pro that has appeared in nine games so far. Ravens tight end Mark Andrews having surgery on his ankle today, according to the NFL Network. Did you know Discover wants everyone to feel special? That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. At the half in college hoops, number 11 Gonzaga is up on Syracuse 39-25 as they play in Hawaii. In baseball, the Padres named former Cardinal skipper Mike Schultz as their new manager. Yankees going with Brad Osmus as their bench coach under Aaron Boone. Doug? Back to you. Uh, all right. Uh, he's John McEnroe. He's a longtime commentator, a former tennis great. And he joins us on behalf of OWL Sport, a new on the scene pickleball sports brand who just unveiled their first ever USA Pickle Quiet Category compliant paddles. Okay, we, more on that to come. Um, John, thanks so much for joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Now, you have a pickle match today, don't you? A uh, little bit of a pickle match slash promotion for this new racket that supposedly is a lot quieter. So Drew Brees and I are going to go at it. We did play recently uh, at his charity event, so hopefully we'll have a little fun and the result will be the same. Um, and then eventually, uh, February 4th, I'll be playing this pickleball slam event, me and um, Maria Sharapova versus uh, Andre Agassi and his wife, Steffi Graf. So... Hopefully that'll work out as well. Okay, so I just I just got a new paddle myself. I actually have two. Hot, but tell me what what is about what about your paddle? It's quieter. That's that's an issue. In what in uh, is is that the only thing, or is it more controlled? Talk, talk me through this this new paddle situation. Uh, you know, I'm still learning myself. I've played pickle uh, with my friends and. Um, a couple of events here and there, but for the most part, you know, pretty new to me um, as a tennis player, uh, getting a little old, so uh, <laughs> you know, a little tough to cover the court in tennis. So this gives me a better ch- a shot, I suppose. But I think one of the biggest complaints about pickleball is how loud the plastic ball is. So I think that's the idea behind this owl racket is that it's a lot quieter, but uh, hopefully still got the same pop and feel that you would hope to have just like, you know, you want the best tennis racket. So hopefully that's going to help me out. But, uh, you know, and then when I yell at an umpire, you know, I'll be even louder than the uh, perhaps the ball itself. So uh, I think that's why they, they're saying, hey, it'd be perfect for John to use this racket. John, uh, help me if you would. To the rest of us, you know, um, whatever level of athlete you are, it's different for you being a former superstar tennis player, obviously, and, and commentator, the legitimacy of pickleball, like, do you, do, do the real guys like yourself, how do you view the legitimacy of the rise of this sport? It's like the equivalent, you know, of the NFL is like arena football. You know, it's a much smaller court. There's people that, you know, a lot of these pickleball players, I believe, tried to play tennis. You know, it didn't work. And then this sport sort of exploded during the pandemic. I know a lot of my friends like to play pickleball with me because it's sort of something you can pick up quick and uh, they have a much better chance of success against me than they would on a tennis court where it's a lot 
a lot bigger. So I think that's sort of what started it off because, I mean, I didn't know this, but pickleball been around like 50, 60 years. So uh, all of a sudden, I think when people are looking for something to do and keep that social distance, uh, you know, this started coming up. And I think for generally for people that aren't that active, it was a good way to sort of, you know, start something. And it was fairly easy to do. You don't need a lot of lessons. So that's how it started. And then they have these ideas. I'm like, come on, you know, the tennis is, you know, I've always, I will always consider it the king of, you know, all racket sports by far. But, you know, I've been surprised that, you know, the level of discussion and talk about pickleball to the point where I played this event in February with some other tennis players, me, Andre Agassi, Michael Chang, Andy Roddick. People seem to like it, have a good time. So now I'm doing one more uh, mixed doubles one with Maria Sharapova, my partner, against Andre again and Steffi Graf. So um, I hope that you know the rising tide helps all boats. You know is what you know is what I've you know learned because at first I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Right. You know w- w- what about tennis? You know tennis is a great sport. So I'm hoping this interest in pickle will also help our sport as well. Well, that's the big question, right, is because now you'll have more parents going to the tennis club again, right, as they've it's just exploded. But can you get the young athletes? Can we I don't want to say save U.S. tennis, but we can we get tennis back to the names you mentioned, Andre, yourself, Michael Chang and so many of the American tennis players. Um, what do you, do you think this helps the sport, especially at the youth level? You know, I'm, you know that's a, a question that I don't know the answer to. Um, I do know that I have had a tennis academy in New York City for the past 12 years. And my goal has always been with my ch- the charity that I've started there is to get as many kids as possible the access, access and the p- kids that can't afford to play, the, the athletes that are playing more football or basketball to also play tennis. I think Ben Shelton is a great example of a young kid who played football. His father was a professional tennis player. He played other sports until he got at least to high school. He didn't, you know, just think tennis, tennis, tennis. He went to college a couple of years, which I think all these kids should be doing to sort of mature as a person, if nothing else, be part of the team. Went for a couple of years, won the NCAAs as a sophomore, and now is going like gangbusters, top 20 in the world, and I think he's going to win majors. And that's the template I think that tennis needs to follow. You know, pickleball is a totally different thing. You know, there's a lot of... Uh, pickleball players, the number one pickleball player in the world, I think, in the guys is the guy who played college tennis, is what I've heard. And it's just, you know, gone on and sort of just taken over the, the sport of pickleball. And then the number one pickleball girl is 16 years old, I believe. So I think it, it's, it's new to a lot of people and it's unknown what's going to happen. I certainly wouldn't want, you know, to think that pickleball is going to take away from tennis. I'm hopeful that it will help both the sports. Let, let, let's take let's transition it to tennis, okay? As you know, uh, Joker set records. He seemed to separate himself as the greatest. You know, obviously that's a conversation that you can have, kind of ongoing. But as we look forward to this next year in tennis, is this kind of officially the end of the big three? Like, how would you characterize it looking forward? I don't think it's the end yet. I think you know Nadal's just announced that he's feeling better and, and wants to play next year. Uh, they are the best three greatest tennis players I've ever seen. Thankfully, Alcaraz has come along and 
you know, injected some excitement and uh, Ben Shelton as well. And you need some new blood. What Djokovic is doing is akin or even almost better. I, I, I love, you know, what Tom Brady was amazing. You know, him winning the Super Bowl at 45. Djokovic out there on his own winning majors at 36 is, you know, the 36 used to be considered like 50 or 60 in tennis. So the fact that he can do it at this level and it's still the best player in the world is amazing. So there's going to be a lot of kids coming up or, and, and coaches, et cetera, trying to figure out exactly what he's done to allow himself to play at this level for so long. Besides the obvious, you know, that he's an incredible player and a great athlete as well as Nadal. So um, we'll be interesting to see the next couple of years. I'm hoping the Americans, whether it's Shelton, Francis Tiafo, we need some guys breaking through and winning one because it's been 20 years. So it's, uh, it's important for the sport, I believe, that an American starts winning some majors on the male side. We have, you know, Coco Goff won the U.S. Open. Serena was the greatest, she's the greatest female athlete in the history of any sport, in my opinion. And Venus was incredible as well. So they, there's a transition happening in the women's game as well. Uh, last thing for you, John. Um, there's so many who are trying to follow your path, right? Because it's not just the broadcasting and the play. You've done so many other things in life. When you see other former athletes try and not just become a broadcaster but have all of these other opportunities um do, do you ever how does it make you feel considering so many are trying to walk that path well i felt like i was like the first guy that was able to sort of you know work on a couple of networks um and be able to do sort of the events that i want to do as far as broadcasting which was for the major events and I did feel like it was important after tennis that I would, you know, get outside my comfort zone and try things that to see if that was the sort of a natural fit for me, uh, whether it was a talk show, a game show. You know, it's always fun to do cameos in movies. or what, what, But the important thing was to try to get out of my comfort zone in a way. But what it, what it did do in an in a interesting way was lead me back to tennis. And continue to be part of that because you start to get better perspective and realize that it's been, it gave me a lot. And so I want to try to give back, whether it's the tennis academy. I was able to play in a seniors tour for 25 years. And so that kept me close to the game, obviously the commentary. So I continue to try to do things that uh, would be unexpected. And for me, you know, not just so I could do something unexpected, but something that sort of gets you going in the morning. And, you know, I've been lucky. I feel like um, I had a, an opportunity to do things that most most ex-athletes weren't able to do, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to do it for a few more years. Is there anything that you haven't done that you want to do? I'd love to be uh, called, you know, I had a documentary recently. I'd love people to actually start saying, John McEnroe, yeah, he's a really good guitar player. So, um, uh, you know, I still go out and play shows with uh, uh, my friends and do charity events and band. But that would be like the ultimate to me if I was like a guitar. I try to get my wife to, you know, have me in the band. And uh, way back when, when we first together and she said, yeah, we should uh, play mixed doubles at Wimbledon, too. And I said, well, you don't play tennis. <laughs> she said, you don't play tennis. And I said, 
And she said exactly. Yeah. Uh, I sort of shot that down, but uh, you know it's all good. Yeah. Well, my daughter's a bass guitarist, so she can be your bass if you if you find a lead singer. Oh, you guys great can... to have a girl bass guitarist. Oh cool. yeah, she's got the cold look, and she's she's a metalhead too. So I th- I think you'd I think you'd appreciate it. Uh, John, sure. Okay, next time we talk, we need to review on this new paddle and see how it stands you up. Got or... it. We'll review it. I mean, I'm definitely you know maybe late February because I'm doing it February fourth. So I'll give you the rundown. Good enough. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. You got it. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Stug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Game time is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, boat, RT, RV, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save Progressive.com. Let's get to a game. Game time! This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Dan Byer, what's the game? Doug, the game today is? Rank them. All right, Doug, rank your top three teams in the National Football League. Um, let's do... I'm going to do the 
<clears throat> Chiefs at three, the Eagles at two, and the Niners at one. Mm. Still sticking with Kansas City in that ranking, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Good talk. Uh, just kidding. Rank the three best Monday night venues in the National Football League. Monday night venues. Oh. Great question. Arrowhead was a rockin'. That was great. Arrowhead Usually, great. when it's rockin', you shouldn't come a knockin'. Yeah. But last night, you should have if you were in Kansas City. <laughs> um, I'll go New Orleans three. Great spot. Vegas two. And uh, Kansas City won. Mm-mm. I don't know if maybe old Meadowlands maybe would have had. I also liked old Monday night games at Candlestick. Yeah, I used to. Uh, uh, what about Mile High back before it was invested? Sure. Like the old now when you couldn't hear. But there's something the Vegas thing. I don't like West Coast Monday night usually. Seattle, by the way, could easily have made that. Um, because, you know, a lot of times it takes a while to get people going, but I do think Vegas and Seattle are two outliers in the Western United States. And then um, Arrowhead's awesome, and I feel like New Orleans is a great home field advantage, you know. It's a much different feel from the noon central kick in New Orleans as opposed to a Monday night affair or a Sunday night affair. The Sunday night affair is probably yeah. the best for both of those, for that in New Orleans and Vegas, but Arrowhead's always good. When they're good, Arrowhead's always good. All right, we'll have more college football rankings coming out tonight. Doug, rank your top four in college football. Top four. Okay. Mm, I'm going to rank. So hard. Um, I'm going to put Ohio State four, Michigan three, Washington two, and Georgia one. (laughs) All right. That's what we like. It's not chaos, but it's just rearranged order from the norm. Well, he, here's what I would I would say is and I know you're an Ohio State guy, but I also think you're a you study this thing nationally. And we do this all the time where we're like, and I think Ohio State's really good. I don't know how good. And they haven't played anybody out of their out of the out of the league that makes me think they're any good. The Pac twelve is kind of inarguably the best league in the country, especially at the top. And they've run through the Pac-12. Yeah. Right? I they didn't blow out Arizona, but Arizona's good. They beat them on the road. They beat Oregon at home. They beat USC on the road. They beat Utah at home. They beat Oregon State on the road. Now, none of these are blowouts, but it's a far greater, not just, it's not one game. It's That's five really good opponents that they played and a league that we think is better. So I think there should be some benefit to that. I put them at two. I uh, I think that's a that's well thought out, and I don't disagree with what you're saying. All right, it's going to be Thanksgiving weekend, a four day weekend, Doug. I want you to rank the four days of Thanksgiving weekend. Ooh. Even though on this sheet I only wrote three uh, room for three spots, I still need four. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, a Thanksgiving weekend. How would you rank those days? I would do. Um, uh, Sunday at 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 four, and the only reason Sunday's at four because Sunday's got great great college football, great football, uh, and it's got really some really good college basketball. But it's like, man, you know what's coming on Monday, and you're like, ugh. Mm-hmm. And travel back on a Sunday is bad. So Sunday is four, Black Friday is three, Saturday is two, and Thanksgiving is one. 
I wondered if the actual holiday was going to be overtaken. It was hard. By Friday it, it, it was Saturday. hard because I was thinking because Saturday does have great college football, but I mean Thanksgiving's you, you get the holiday, you get family, and you get just enough sports. So, all right, final question because I I felt I only had this week or next week to pose this question because I haven't already. Doug, rank your favorite parts of November Rain, the great song by Guns N' Roses. There's the first part, and then there's the second part. Doug, rank your favorite parts of November Rain. Um, Some may say Slash's guitar solo could be its own, but I'm not. I I was going to do Slash guitar solo three, second part two, first part one. Mm. That's That's game time. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. So here's what I want to do coming up next, okay? Matt Canada was fired today as the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers have made the same mistake twice. But it's actually a mistake that a lot of us make in terms of the decisions we make. And maybe a lot of us make in terms of the emotions we feel towards teams and people we know better or we think we know better than everybody else. Um, I would call it some sort of um, regional bias or proximity bias. Okay. We'll, We'll dive into why the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the smartest organizations in football, made the same mistake not once but twice. That's next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at first first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.